A good luck, everybody. Today's daf is daf tzadivov, page ninety-six in Maseches Yevamis, and we are already on daf tzadivov. We pick up from the Mishnah about uh, eleven or twelve lines from the top of the Amud. We have two fascinating Mishnayos on today's daf: one on Amud Aleph, one on Amud Beis. All right, so let's give a little bit of an introduction. Get ready for this. This is a this is a this is a uh, incredible, incredible Mishnah. There's two parts to this mission, and I, let's give a, an introduction, okay? Before we before we learn it inside, the Mishnah gives us the following scenario. Let's say, listen to this: they tell a guy, "Your wife died," so he goes and remarries, and then they tell him, "Your wife died," he goes and remarries, and then they tell him, "Your wife died," your third wife died. And he goes and remarries. He's on wife number four. And then the same thing happens. Wife number four. The wife dies. So he marries wife number five. So he's on his fifth wife. He's on his fifth wife. Thinking wife number one's dead. Wife number two's dead. Wife number three's dead. Wife number four is dead. And then one day, all first four wives come walking through the door. Yeah. So listen to this. Yeah, yeah. Awkward's not the word. So listen to this. He's got five wives now. He's married to all five. Because for a man to remarry multiple wives is fine, right? It works biblically. If a woman were to do it, we know she's really only married to husband number one. But for a man to do this, he's married to all five women now. He's got five wives. Okay, that's, that's, uh, that's a case that we can all understand. Now here's where the Mishnah gets a little tricky. The Mishnah gives us the following case. A guy marries a woman. She goes overseas. They tell him that she died. See, so he goes and marries her half-sister. You're allowed to marry half-sisters, right? Once the first one's dead. See, so he marries her paternal sister. And then they tell him, oh, by the way, your second wife also died. And he's like, Ive, what's going to be? You know, so he goes ahead and he marries his second wife's maternal sister. So now wife number one and wife number three are not married, are, are not related at all. Right? He was married to wife number one. He married wife number one's half-sister. And then they tell him wife number two dies. See, he marries her other half-sister from the mother. Okay? Now, let's say the story were to end here, and all three women show up. He's married to to a third wife, and now his first two wives come back. Who's he married to? So listen to this. Since, hus- since wife number one never died, his marriage to wife number two was never valid because they were sisters. And since the marriage to wife number two was never valid, his marriage to wife number three, who was wife number two's maternal sister, is valid. So he's going to be married to wife number one and wife number three. Understand? 
Because wife number one and number three really are not related at all. They just share half-sisters. And so on and so forth. Okay? That's really going to be the focus of the first half of the Mishnah. Let's turn the first half of the Mishnah together inside. Here we go. Amrulai, they say to a fellow, Mesa Ishtecha, your wife died. And he marries her sister from her father, her paternal sister. And then Mesa, he hears that she died. He marries her half-sister from the mother. Now keep in mind, follow the pattern. Wife number one and wife number three are not related at all. Let's keep going. Mesa, they tell him his third wife died. The Venosa Achaisa May Avia. So he marries her paternal half sister. He's got this thing with his wife's sisters. Mesa, they tell her she died, his fourth wife. Venosa Achaisa Meima is marrying her maternal sister. So notice, wife number one and wife number three are related, and wife number two and wife number four are not related. Wife number five is related. So, so, um, so, um, what I mean by related is wife number two was related to wife number one. So her, her uh, wedding wasn't valid because wife number one was still alive. Wife number three is not related to wife number one. So they were fine. Wife number four is, so they were, <laughs> is related to wife number three. So that's not fine. And then he marries wife number five. And then guess what happens? The Nimsu, Kul, and Kayames, they all come home. So and the, he goes overseas. What, what's that? What, right. And then he goes overseas. <laughs> as soon as they walk through the door, he's like, I'm out of here. Yeah. When the going gets tough, the men go to shul, they say, you know. Yeah, I'm out of here. So, um, you know, in the first case that we introduced with, he'd be married to all five. Over here, because of their arias, because they're related, he's only married to one, he's only married to one, three, and five. So Mutter he could stay married to to uh, one, three, and five. Who Sarisayim, and if he were to die, as far as Hokasibum is concerned, they're going to potter up their their tsaris because they were valid wives. But he's not allowed to be with wife number two and wife number four because they're sisters of his wives. The and and I mean this really goes without saying, but we'll see why the Mishnah throws this in, and that is that if he were to die. They are not really wives for them to potter up their co-wives, which they're not really a co-wife, but that's what we're referring to them as. Now, the Imbal Shniya Lachar Misarishina, what if his first his first wife really did die? And his second wife didn't, so on and so forth. No, it's keep the same situation, but really wife number one did die. Then instead of being married to one, three, five, he's now going to be married to two and four. He's allowed to stay married to two and four. If there's Yibam, they're going to potter up their co-wives. He's not allowed to stay with wife number three and five because they're wives of his sisters. And the B of one of them are not going to potter up their tzara. Period. Bottom line is, says the first half of the Mishnah, just you have to realize each circumstance, each scenario. When I married her, was it mutter? Was it allowed? Did it work? If the answer is yes, she's his wife. If the answer is no, she's not his wife. He's got to get rid of her. That's Kate, That's the first half of the Mishnah. Okay. Now the Mishnah continues with a different idea. And that's as follows. Let's give an introduction to, um, to the second half of the Mishnah. Ben Teisha Shonim V'yay Mechad. 
So here's the, here's the case. If you have, we know that a boy from the age of nine years old, his intercourse, his relations is considered valid, although his marriages are not considered valid. So if he has relations with a woman, it could turn her into a zona, let's say. It could make her forbidden, but it's never going to be a valid acquisition when it comes to marriage. So now here's what happens. We learned earlier in the Masechta that if you have um, Reuven dies childless, he leaves behind his widow. Shimon and Levi are now the Yavams. Shimon does mimer. He gives her money, kind of like sets her aside for himself. Earlier in the Masechta, we learned that if there was, if Shimon was nine years old in a day, and he has relations with the Yavama, that's like a mimer. A nine-year-old's relations with his Yavama, it can't be an acquisition because he can't acquire. But by having relations, it's kind of like doing mimer. What an, what an adult giving money and doing mimer to the Yavama is what a nine-year-old accomplishes with his relations, with his Yavama. Okay? Because he can't acquire her, but the relations itself gain that status. So let's look at the second half of the mission. Here we go. If you have a, a, a young man who's nine years old and a day, his relations forbids the brothers from now taking the Yavama. And the brothers also can passel him from doing Yibam. Meaning once the older brother does Yibam, does Chalitza, does Mimer, this nine-year-old never has the option even in four years when he's turning 13. Ella, however, and the Gemara, the mission now is going to use some words that are a little cryptic, which we'll, we'll explain. Who paisel tchila? He passels them up only in the beginning. Meaning, if the nine-year-old has relations with the Yavama before any of the older brothers do anything, so then it assers them up to her. However, if one of the older brothers does something first, and then he has relations, that doesn't passel her up. Okay. But the brothers can really remove the, his abilities both before and after anything's done. And the Mishnah explains. Kate said, what do you explain? What's the case? Let's say you have a nine-year-old boy who has relations with his Yavam. The brothers can now no longer do Yibam. Because it's like Mimer. The nine-year-old now set her aside. She's going to have to wait four years for him. If the brothers had relations with her, and or they did Mimer, or they gave her a get like we learned, or they did Chalitza, they also, they passel him up from ever doing Yibam. Okay, here we go. Let's get into the Reisha first. The beginning of the Mishnah says the Gemara, Weren't all the marriages done after the first wife died? Meaning, we're talking about where the marriage took place after she certainly died. And the question the Gemara wants to know that you know, when did this marriage on the second wife take place? Was it done before the wife actually died 
or was she or was she not? And the Rav Sheish is explaining, no, of course, it has to be that the first one was certainly dead, had certainly passed away um, by the time he married the second wife. However, in the very first case of the Mishnah, then, you know, that, that's a case where the wife actually was alive, and hence, you're going to be married to wife one, three, and five. Okay. Now let's get into the um, second half of the Mishnah. And that is the situation of the nine-year-old Yava. Ben Teishashonim, the nine-year-old brother. Says the Gemara. If he does his act of relations, then it passes up the re- first, then it passes up the rest of the brothers. But if one of the older brothers already did a Maisa Yibum, an act of Yibum, it's not going to, his relations don't cause any of the other brothers to not be allowed to do Yibam. Okay, because one of the brothers already did something. Says the Gemara to explain. But Rav Zvid, the son of taught us. If a person does Mimer, again, what's Mimer? You have your Yavama, you're not married yet, you give her money to set her aside, kind of like an erison, an acquisition of marriage. So he gave Mimer to his Yavama. And afterwards, Ba'achiv, his brother, uh, his brother came along. His nine-year-old brother had relations. Psala, that brother does pasul her up. So you see, even after the act of an older adult brother, a nine-year-old's actions are still impactful. Says are, are still impactful. Says Gemara Amri. They say bia pasul afilu besayf. You're right. If the nine-year-old had bro- had relations, that doesn't make a difference. Whether it was before an older brother did something, whether it was after an older brother did mimers, for example. Mimer tchila apostle, besoifle apostle. But the mimer of the nine year old apostles, if it's done before, but not afterwards. But relations in a chanami, it's before and after. Says Gemara, whoa, 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 whoa. You're going to tell me there's a difference in relations and mimer? Ubiya afilu besoif apostle? Is it true that bia afterwards will apostle, vakatani, but we learn. He's only going to pass up the brothers if he has relations for before they do anything. But they pass them up from doing Yibam, whether they do it before or after his act. What's the case? The case is where, where the, the nine-year-old brother had relations with the, with the Yavama in the beginning. Now, according to Rezvid Barashia, that doesn't work. It doesn't work. Because you're trying to explain to me we're dealing with Mimer and not the Bia. The Mishnah says explicitly we're dealing with the Bia. Says the Gemara, no, 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 no. Let's rephrase the Mishnah. Here's how the Mishnah now reads. If you have a nine-year-old and one-day boy, who paisot chila? If he goes first, then the other brothers can no longer do even. The Haim Paislin, if one of the older brothers does something first, they're going to passel him up from doing Yibam. If they go before or afterwards. When is the Shru B'maimer? Only when the nine-year-old did a regular case of Mimer. Okay? A regular case of Mimer. Avobia. But, reg- but what about relations? That will pass up the brothers even if, they, even if he has the relations after the brothers did an act. Ketzad. What's the case? No matter what, if he had relations, it passes up for the brother. Okay? Now, notice 
that this is, there's a fascinating chiddush that's happening over here. Because remember, we said initially that the relations of a nine-year-old, really all he can accomplish is the mimer level with his relations. Because he can't make a full-fledged, um, he can't make a full-fledged acquisition. But still the Gemara here is making a discrepancy between a mimer and a bee. Says the Gemara, mimer can a nine-year-old brother impact the older brother's uh, ability to do Yibam at all? But we learned in Hebraism, a nine-year-old can only cause tzaras for the brothers as far as marrying the Yivama in one way, which is relations. He can mess things up as a nine-year-old if he goes and has relations. So you see from over here that a, a boy, a nine-year-old who gives money to the Yavama as Mimer doesn't do anything. The only thing that accomplishes and gets in the way of the brothers doing Yibam is his relations, is his Bia. Says the Gemara, no. Let me explain. Bia, by the relations, the Pasla, Bein Betchila, Bein Besaif, by relations which really get in the way of the brothers' abilities to do Yibam, whether it was before they did their mimer, for example, or after they did their mimer, psikale. So that's very clear. If he has bia, that stops them from their ability to do you. Mimer, but if he does mimer, then it's not that it never works. But here's what happens. If he did his mimer for any of the brothers did anything, that's going to be a problem. Okay? and and uh, But if not, is that a true halacha? We didn't give a, a clear-cut psak. And therefore, we didn't want to deal with Mimer specifically because the Tana, itse- the Tana himself wasn't so sure. Wasn't so sure. Emar Nami, we learned in the Bible similarly. Amar Vino Marshmul, Yesh Loi Get, that a, uh, uh, even a nine-year-old who gives a get to his Yavama can make, is valid. And it gets in their way. There's get and there's mimer, and it would have an impact. Is it true? Rav Meir holds that a nine-year-old can hand a, can can have an impactful get to his yavama. But time learned in the brayso. Also, be Remember this: is how we started out today. This: is how we started out the Mishnah. What what does the relations of a nine-year-old do to his yavama? It just takes on like the status of a mimer of an adult brother. That's the Tanikama. Okay? So uh, a B of a nine year old is like mimer of an. Remeir, I remember. Remeir says, also Chalitza's Pentecha could get the goggle. That the Chalitza of a nine year old is like the get of an older uh, Yavam. So it's going to get in the way of the other brothers doing Yibam. Vemisa, and if Takar of Meir holds that a get gets in the way of the brothers. Listen, Kegitai. Why does he say uh, he, he should have, uh, instead of saying uh, uh, Chalitza, he should have said get. The fact that he doesn't mention get proves that he doesn't hold that a nine year old get has any sort of impact on the brother's abilities. There's some more answers. I'm reviewing No, it would work. However, Vizutr, it's even though a get works, it's not as zutter means it's lacking. It's le, it's less. It's not as it's not as uh, powerful. And um, when a nine year old does chalitza, 
It's like the get of an older person. Now, how does this play out? How do you have, right now, what we're trying to do is create levels of effectiveness for a adult get, adult chalitza, a nine-year-old get, a nine-year-old chalitza. We're saying that there's like a quasi-impact, it's quasi-valid, and the Gemara is about to explain in what way it's actually valid. It says the Gemara like this, to explain. Le Rabbi Gamliel, according to the opinion of Rabbi Gamliel, the Amar ain't get achar get. Rabbi Gamliel was of the opinion, remember we learned this about a month and a half ago, that Dafnun, that ain't get achar get. If you have two brothers, and a Yavama falls to these two brothers, they're two Yavams, one brother gives her a get, and then the second brother gives her a get. The second get did nothing. It did nothing because he wasn't connected to her anymore. It didn't, uh, did, right? It's like ain't bishol achar bishol. It's not called cooking. Okay. That's only when you have two adult brothers. The katan achar katan are two nine-year-old brothers, we'll call them. Aval but, listen to this. You ready? Listen to this case. It's amazing. Ruvain passes away. He leaves behind his yavama. He has two brothers, Shimon, who's 13, and Levi is nine. And there's a Yavama here. So you have a Yavama, you have a halachic adult, and a halachic child over nine years old. Here we go. But let's say you have the nine-year-old Yavama gives a get to the Yavama. And then the Godol gives. Mahani, the Gadol's get does have a platform to hold onto to give it an element of validity and that get would actually be valid. Now, why do I care if it's valid? Because once you give a get to your wife, to this Yavama, if it's valid, you become forbidden to her, fa- to her relatives. If the get wouldn't be valid, so you're never, rela- so you're never she, she's not called your divorcee. So you'd still be permitted to her. If we're saying the second get of the adult has validity, so now it's going to get in the way of who he's allowed to marry. Now, according to the Rabbanon, they hold that in general, even if you have, get that when you have one get given after another get, they're both valid. We're going to say that's true by one gadol after another gadol. But let's say, you have a gadol who gave a get first, then the katan, loy mahani, then it does not work. Because you already had the effective get from the older one, and then the, um, and then the less effective get of the younger one, and you really never had anything to latch on to. Hence, that's where we say it's not going to be valid. Okay, let's keep going. Oh, there's actually, uh, I, made, I said there's a mission, two, two more, two mishnahis and base. Here we go. Both of them keeping on the theme of what's the status of this nine-year-old. So, if you have a nine-year-old Yavam who had relations with his Yavama, he had nine-year-old twins. Nine-year-old twin boys, we'll call them. They're nine years and a day. They're two Yavams. Their older, older brother passed away childless. So, nine-year-old number one has relations with his Yavama, and then nine-year-old number two has relations with his Yavama. Paisel al Yadai. The second brother is causing psul. 
He's causing the problem over here. Now let's think about this. Let's think about how this works. Well, let, let's read Reb Shimon. Reb Shimon says, Leipaisel. No, he doesn't get in the way. Okay. Now, what are the ramifications over here? So, again, we'll say, there's an older brother who passes away childless. He has two brothers that are nine years old. Brother number one has relations with the Yavama. What did that accomplish? Mimer. Remember? Relations of a nine-year-old with the Yavama accomplishes like a regular mimer. of it. it sets her aside for him. Then, see, here's what happened. The second brothers, the second brother also has relations with her. Okay. Now, according to this, we have an issue. Because the first brother's mimer assured her on the second brother. And the second brother's relations are assuring her on the first brother. So each brother is messing up the other brother's ability from ever, from ever doing Yibam. So now what do you do? They both cannot do Yibam. So what do they do? How do you get rid of a mimer? You both give a get. You both end up giving a get. See, so here's what they do. She, the second brother is going to give a get. By him giving a get, there's no longer mimer of the second brother. But she's still forbidden to the first brother. Right? So either way, what's happening over here is there, the, the bia of each one is getting in the way of the other one's full ability to ever do a yibo. Okay. But then comes along Reb Shimon and Reb Shimon says, no, just because the second brother has relations with her doesn't, uh, is not going to get in the way of the first one. Now, why? First of all, because neither one is really making a real acquisition. So the first one's mimer. So there's mimer here. But can a katan, can a nine-year-old make any sort of acquisition? Not really. So if she wasn't really acquired to number one, so when number two goes ahead and does mimer, there was you, you can't say there's no element of validity to the second to the second relations. Because what are you going to say? Oh, no, you couldn't do that because the first one kind of made an acquisition. No thing has an acquisition of the first one. So they're both holding the same weight, according to Reb Shimon. And secondly, even if you can say there is an acquisition, everybody agrees it's not a full acquisition. Okay? And therefore, even when the second one has relations, there's still an element of, of this Yavama that can still be acquired, that's capable of being acquired. Hence, according to Reb Shimon, each one is not completely, each, each one's not completely acquiring her, and therefore they're not getting in the way of the other one's acquisition, so she remains allowed. Because one didn't step on the other one's toes. That's really going to be the logic over here. Okay, you understand? Like, if you're, you're each, if she has a hundred percent to be acquired, each one's relations maybe are maybe are acquiring her twenty five percent for themselves, and they're not really touching on the other percentage which has been acquired by the other brother to get in their way. That's going to be Rav Shimon's approach. Okay. Nine year old and a day who has relations with Yavama, Vachach, Baal, Tzarasa, 
And afterwards, he had relations with the other Yavama. Paisal al So he passes himself from now um, doing Yibum on number one. Okay? Why? Because since he had some sort of valid impact on the second Yavama, that's going to get in the way of the first Yavama. Now that is going to be consistent with the Tanakhama's reasoning that the relations, the Bia, does over, of each one, does overlap and get in the way of the other. But if Shimon Shimon says he does not pass, and that's the same Svara, same logic that we said before, since neither one is fully effective, you can view each one um, independently. Hence, uh, you know, the, the relations of the second one is not necessarily touching on the toes of his ability to do Yibam on, on, on Yavama number one. Okay. Says the Gemara, short Gemara to explain the Mishnah. Tani we learned to the Brisa. Amar them Bshim Nacham Reb Shimon, who held that you can really compartmentalize the acquisition. Now keep in mind, this is only true by nine-year-olds, right? Because once you're dealing with adults, there's full acquisitions, and everybody agrees once there's a full acquisition on one, the other the other one's out the window. Nothing else is effective. So we're dealing with nine-year-olds because since there's no real Kenyan, we're able to have this conversation. Again, time to learn the If the first bia is considered a bia, meaning, and we're going to uh, include it in this, is that you are now acquiring the Yavama, that's going to mean the second one's not valid. And if you're going to tell me the first bia is not valid at all, so then... Why should the second one be any stronger? Be a shniya nami and a be a meman of shach says of shimon to the chachamim. Either way, no matter how you cut it, the second the 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 second uh, relations is not going to be able to uh, passle up the yavam or the yavama. Says the gemara, mastisin like ben azai. Our mishnah is not like ben azai. The time we learned the rabbis of ben azai. Yemer yesh maimer acher maimer bishnei yavamim v'yavama achas. There is a possibility. Of two Maimervs, when you have two Yavaman and one Yavama, two brothers and one Yavama, that would not work. Okay? So if you have two brothers with one, then both are going to be effective. But when you have um, one Yavam who does Maimer on two different, uh, both the woman and her Tsara, only the first one is going to work, the second one's not going to work. That argues on our Mishnah. Um, because in our Mishnah, it would have worked. Okay, very good. That's the end of a Mishnah and the Gemara. Next Mishnah. Or we should say the Mishnah is really continuing, but here we go. They have a nine-year-old who has relations with the Yavama, which has like a mimer impact, but then he died. He passed away. Chaylatzes... So since the nine-year-old did like a mimer to her, the other brothers are going to be obligated in chalitza. They're not allowed to do yibum. Okay? Now here's why. You'd say, why not? Either way, she was a widow from your first brother who was childless, and now she's your widow from the nine-year-old. Here's the problem. Remember we said, you're not allowed to do Yibam when she falls to you from two brothers. She's falling connected to two, and um, 
And therefore, there's going to be a obligation of chalitza. Okay. Vaitar in the Mishnah. Nasa isha umes. What happens if the nine-year-old married a woman and he passed away? Harezu petura. She's potter. Why? Because she's not married. A nine-year-old can't marry. They're, they might be having relations. It's not considered a marriage. And therefore, harezu petura. There's, not, there's no yibamor chalitza. If you have a nine-year-old who has relations with his Yivamah, and then he becomes 13 years old, he has bar mitzvah, and he marries somebody else, and then he died. So listen to this. He has one full wife, and he has a woman who he has mimer with because he had relations with her as a nine-year-old. So, if he didn't have relations with his Yivamah ever since his bar mitzvah, so the, the Yavama, you're gonna, if there's any brothers, they're going to have to do chalitza on her and uh, not be allowed to yibam for the same reason that we said in the Rasha, the beginning of the Mishnah, Vashnia. And what about the second wife, who's his full wife? So then it's going to be a regular case of yibam or chalitza. Okay. No. The third brother can do yibum on either one, either the the either the Yavama, we'll call her, from the nine-year-old relations, or the second wife, Meyam Le'ezah Zushi Yerzeh, you could choose to yibum either one, and whichever one you don't do on, whichever you don't do yibum on, you're going to do chalitza on the other one. Now you can't just say she goes free, because they're not real tsarists, they're not real co-wives. With the first wife, it was only it's only like a partial marriage. He had relations with the Yavama. And therefore, she's not totally free. Hence, you're going to do chalitza on the other one. This is true if he's nine years. And it even applies if he hasn't reached complete godless. Until he's 20 years old, if he hasn't yet brought shtei saris. So... He doesn't yet have the halachic ability to uh, to be married, to make that acquisition. And um, whatever halacha we say about the nine-year-old is going to apply to this 20-year-old without shtei sarais as well. Here we go. Says the Gemara. Amar Rav. says, Nizadacham say that if you have a zika for two men, she's, she's zakok, she's bound to two men. So you're going to be obligated to do chalitza. You can't do yibam. We don't say this when there's a tzara from uh, another wife to the second brother. Because over there, we're going to make a, a you know, don't say to make a decree because there because there's a Fully valid wife here. Because our case, there's no tzara. But if there would be a tzara, then maybe um, the, uh, the the halacha would be that you could be taken in Yibam. Okay. Nasa isha umeis v'chulu. If let's say the nine-year-old married a woman and died, tanina lahadon rabbanon shaita v'katan shenosu v'meisu nishleim peturas v'chalitza min ayibam a shaita or a katan that take a that make a marriage. It's not really a marriage. Nothing really happened, and therefore there's no yibum or chalitza on their spouse, quote unquote. Again, they're not really a spouse. Ben Teisha v'chulu, Mishahigdil v'chulu. 
says you understand something. Yeah. What, what, what's the of the second woman? What did we say? The second woman, there's Yibam or Chalitza. Ask the Gemara why. Make the Bia of the nine-year-old like Mimer, and once there's Mimer of a God, once there's Mimer, that patters up the Tzara from Yibam. It separates her from Yibam, and, and uh, don't tell me you could do Yibam or Chalitza. There should be a clear-cut obligation of Chalitza. Amarav, Rav says, No. He says, a nine-year-old's relations is not like Mimer of a Godel. Our mission is arguing. No. Um, uh, we do consider the Bia of a nine-year-old to be the Mimer of a Godel. And similarly, Omar Rabbi Yechon, Rabbi Yechon says, Asu Asu. Says the Gemara, the Yasu Tanoihi. And you should know that this, that we call the relations of a nine-year-old like a mimer of a gadol is actually a machleikas tanoim. And let's get into this. We're not going to, uh, back to our uh, perek of Arbo achin, okay, going back a couple months, where you have, uh, in the perek of Arach, we, we spoke about the halacha of a co-wife. And in perek Arba achin, we learned that we're dealing with the where where you have a gadol, you have an adult doing mimer, and whatever the story is, whatever the halacha would be by an adult doing mimer, the same thing would hold true by relations of a mimer. So why in Arba Achid did we give a case of a gadol? Because we're dealing with the halachas of a gadol at that moment. So we're just focusing on that. But the town of our Mishnah holds that we talk a do. Uh, you know, we're just mentioning a Godla because that was the scenario. But in a Hanami, it would be the relations of a nine-year-old would be the same thing. Um, but even though we're going to call the relations of a nine-year-old like the Mimer of a Godal, he says we're not going to make a Gzera because of the potential Tzara of the second uh, brother. And therefore, if we don't make a Gzera, it doesn't apply to the Tzara. And then uh, our Tana teaches us the case of a cotton. The halacha really holds true by the Maimar of a Godel as well. Same thing we said in Arbach. In Arbach, we're dealing with brother, with an adult, so we're mentioning adults. Here we're dealing with uh, nine-year-olds, we're dealing with nine-year-olds. But either way, everyone's in agreement, at least the feed the Shita Shabyechanan, that the Maimar of a Godel and the relations of a cotton are both accomplishing the same thing. Okay. Now, we get a story. Get a little bit of a story. Here we go. And this is going to take us on a little bit of a fascinating tangent, a little bit easier. Going to take us down to the, uh, take us really close to the end of the parak. It's going to take us all the way to the two dots on Sadi Zayin, Amar Aleph. Let's get into this story. Azor Abelazar, Amar Shmait Shabbat Medrash. Abelazar went and he taught over this halacha in the base Medrash. He didn't quote Rabbi Yechanan saying that the, the, the bia of a katan is like the maimer of a gadol. Shamar Rabbi Yechanan got upset that the halacha wasn't said in his name. Oh boy. So, Rav Ami and Ravasi went to Rabbi Yechanan. Because again, Rabbi Yechanan is upset at who? 
Rabbi Alazar for saying over the halacha not in Rabbi Echenan's name. So Ravami Ravasi went up to him. Amrulay loikacha yamaisa basic nesuchal tveria. Wasn't there a story in the in the shul of tveria? Ke the nagar sheyish beraishai glustera. There um there was a conversation about what is the halacha of a a nagar that has on uh, that has a glustera on top of it. It was some sort of lock that they would um, stick into the, either the lintel or the top of the door. And there was a machlaikas between Rabbi Elazar and and Rabbi Yaisi until the Sefer Torah was torn in its anger. Okay. It was a whole conversation over there where um, the Shiloh was as far as Hocha Shabbos is concerned, whether this this um, metal piece that gets stuck in, whether it's mukzon Shabbos, whether it's used for bonnets, used for building, or do we say sometimes people use it to crush things up, so it's not going to be, it, uh, it was a whole, whole, whole conversation over there, and ultimately, because of the dispute that happened over there, it got so angry that they were, each one was pulling the Tyra, and, um, you know, and uh, it, it got torn. Okay. Fine. Karu Sokodaitach, the Sefer really torn. Yeah, it was, it got torn, but it was a mistake. It was a mistake. Okay, one said, again, it's a muktzah dika item, other said it's not muktzah, fine. Now, back to our story. was there, and he saw the emotions flying about what's the status of this, uh, of this metal piece. Okay? Is it considered baina? Is it not considered baina? Alright. And Omar, he said, Tamiani, I am shocked. This how this show one day, I'm confident, will turn into a church. Because of the anger that's flying over here. And that's what happened. And that's what happened. Okay. Says the Gemara. So why are they telling this to Rabbi Echanan? Tell Rabbi Echanan, please don't get angry at Rabbi Lazar for not quoting you on this. Because anger doesn't do anybody good. Because this other story in Tiberia got angry. The shul, yeah, yeah. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Anger, they're trying to calm him down. Hadar Ikbit He got even angrier. And Omar, he said, Chavrusa Nami. Yeah, he says, oh, you don't want me to be upset? He says, let me tell you something. Over there, they were friends. So they had no right to be upset. But over here, I'm the Rebbe and I have a right to be Makbid. I have the right to be upset. And therefore, don't start trying to calm me down with stories because you can't compare apples and oranges. Over here, I'm allowed to be upset. Okay. Okay. So Rabbi Yaakov Aridi, he went up to Rabbi Yechanan. Amr Allah, he said to Rabbi Yechanan, he's trying to calm him down. How Hashem commanded Maisha, Hashem Maisha commanded Yeshua. And Yeshua did mamish that. And he didn't change, he didn't leave anything out. Everything Hashem commanded Maisha. All the Torah was transmitted to Maisha, to Yeshua. Everything was done perfectly. 
Did Yeshua, every time he made a statement, did he introduce his statement with, Maisha told me, Maisha told me, Maisha told me, Maisha Rabbeinu told me, Maisha Rabbeinu told me. He doesn't say that every sentence. Ella, Yeshua, Yeshua, Yeshua teach Torah, and everybody knew who his Rebbe was. Everybody knew when Yeshua opened his mouth, and he taught something that was coming from Maisha Rabbeinu. That's it. So, Rabbi Yechanan, Rabbi Lazar is saying something, he doesn't quote you, but we all know who Rabbi Yechanan meant. We, we all know what Rabbi Lazar meant. He meant you. Relax. Amar lehem, Ebrimatem yaidim lefayis kivan idi chavereinu. Yeah. <laughs> so, Rabbi Yechanan says that um, you, you guys are smart. It's a good move. Yeah. Meaning, it, that, that's how you calm down a Rebbe. Okay, he's calm, he understands. Rabbi Lazar said halacha, he didn't quote Rabbi Echanan. Why is Rabbi Echanan getting so upset? Relax, what's the big deal? Says the Gemara incredible, I'll tell you why. It says in the Pasuk in Tehillim, I'm going to live in your tent of the of the multiple worlds. Can you live in two worlds? You can't live in multiple worlds. Creator of the world, master of the world. May it be your will. Top of tomorrow's daf. That things that I teach in this world will be quoted in my name. Why? Why do I want things to be quoted in my name? Says David Melech. Any time you have a Tamar Chacham who passed away and his Torah is quoted in this world, his lips move in the kever. I've seen opinions that hold this is literal. Mamish, their lips physically move in the kever. In a not literal sense, it means your Torah keeps going. Usually once a person leaves, they leave. That's it. He can't keep accomplishing. But if you teach Tyra and it's quoted in your name, so can you imagine being able to teach Tyra without even having to teach Tyra? You're not even alive, but you're still teaching because your Tamidim are teaching in your name. That's what it means. Your lips keep moving. You're still teaching your Tyra because your Tamidim are saying it over in your name. Omar Yisrael ben Zayir, Rav Shimon Nazira, my car, where do you see that? And Hatayv, uh, and he smiles like good wine. He goes to my beloved one, the Mesharim, to the straight one. And it moves the eyes, the, the lips of those who are sleeping, meaning those who passed away. Like a cluster of grapes. Just like a hot cluster of grapes. As soon as you touch it, it causes it to shift. It moves around. When they are quoted, when their Torah is quoted in this world, their lips move as well in the kever. So you know what got upset? Because Rebbe Lazar saying this over in the Mishmetish, not in his name, for all time, people are not going to be saying that it's Rebbe Echanan's Torah. And Rebbe Echanan wanted to have this advantage, this ability that the Tyra, people should know it's his Tyra, and they'll quote him. And the more they quote him, the more it's Chosim. Yeah, he has the ability to have, and, and uh, he was upset. The Rebbe Lazar should have known better. 
about that, and that's why he got so upset until ultimately, interestingly, if you look at the story, how did they calm him down? Beautiful. Ready? What they say to him? Rabbi Echanan, you understand. When Rabbi Echanan, when Rabbi Lazar says something, even if he doesn't say it in your name, we all know it's your Torah, and that works too. If everybody knows who the Torah is coming from, he doesn't mamish say your name. But we know it's from, you have the same advantage. Same benefit. You don't have to worry about it. And Rebbechen ultimately uh, was pacified by that claim. Gavaldic. Okay, period with the two dots. We'll hold it here for today. Bezjan, we'll pick up from the two dots and Bezeichet to finish the Perak tomorrow morning. We'll pick up at 9.30 a.m. Uh, Gittavach, everybody.